Welcome to the Movies to Watch Before You Die podcast. My name is Gab, and I am here with my cousin and co-host. Dylan. And today, we are talking about a movie that I saw one time on TVS with commercial breaks with my dad in, like, 1994 <laughs> that I don't really remember and was really excited to watch. And that movie is Jumpin' Jack Flash. Dylan, take, take it away. <laughs> okay. Would you like me to talk about what this movie's about? Please. What's this all been about? What am I working toward? You think you know everything about me, don't you? I die, but you're bottom. I bloody well ought to. Jumpin' Jack Flash is all about Whoopi, um, Whoopi Goldberg, to be specific. Yeah. And she is, she puts bank transactions through on a computer, because this movie is in 1986, where computers were... New and sparkly. Yeah, computers Whatever. were like, for people didn't just have it the internet like you do on your telephone in front of you youngins who are listening to this it was yeah. just a special thing for bank people and for other yeah. people with important enough jobs yeah and she gets a random transmission and it turns out she's now involved in espionage and hijinks and soup basically yeah what does imdb say Should, did we miss something are we supposed to tell people something before we do this no right they know we used to tell them why they listen to us but now you're here yeah you're you're yeah you're you're listening okay Tell it so. All right. So that was Dylan's explanation. Now tell us what IMDb says. The IMDb plot summary An American computer whiz who works at a New York bank is suddenly thrust into the world of international espionage after she inadvertently receives a coded message from a British spy. Cool. That was a long now, sentence. Should I tell you what I thought this movie was about? Oh, so you had no memory of this movie. Like, that was very funny hearing your introduction because I didn't realize you've seen this one time. Tell me what you thought yeah. the movie was about. As a child, I saw it one time on television with commercial breaks. I thought this movie was about Whoopi Goldberg falling in love with the computer. <laughs> I didn't understand that she was talking to a person on the other side. I thought she was talking to the computer. Obviously, there Obviously I didn't see the last scene. <laughs> There yeah. are there is a person at the other end of the computer. But you know yeah. what? Kind of more interested in that version of this. I know. Me too. I was like, oh damn it, that's not what I thought this was about. I also have a memory of Ted Danson being in this movie. Uh, you know what? I'm guessing you missed him up with our guy who's revealed to be a spy at the end. Yeah, Marty. Okay. Yeah. Um before we Also dive... they dated. You know what I mean? Like they're Did they? Yeah. I did not remember that. They dated. He went to her. I think it was her roast in blackface. Yikes. You didn't know that? I didn't remember that. Well, we we really let Ted Danson off the hook with that. I mean, he he went to Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, he was her date in full blackface. Google it in full blackface. And um, obviously, like people, you know, everybody was like, at least nowadays are upset about it. But we like he's like still America's sweetheart. We really just let it go. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not. Yeah, good. it ain't. It ain't just a little bit. <laughs> oh, this is bad. Yeah, I regret Googling this. This does not make you feel good about Ted Danson. I do. Can you, you know what? He is like America's. He's kind of America's sweethearty type thing. Like, he is. I mean, he's he's lovely. Listen, I'm sure that he like learned his lesson and apologized. And it happened early enough in our like social consciousness that, um, you know, it, it it's sort of a forgotten thing. I mean, it happened pre-internet, you know, for the most part. It's just old enough that we didn't get pissed about it. Yeah. I mean, you didn't know. I can't believe you didn't know. That's like a I very totally common. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very common fact. Um, you know, Ted Danson, not an asshole, right? You don't hear much bad about him. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. But again, I mean, it's, it's probably working. just from roles you've seen him in, like Cheers, The Good Place, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, but he was kind of a dick in Cheers, no? I mean, like, he was a funny dick. He was very charismatic, though. He had the riz. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But still, not like, we're not talking about John Ritter. You know what I mean? No, John. That that's why I've talked about John Ritter on SVU before. That's why it's so great. Right. right. Yeah. But Ted Danson, I think people love him. I mean, Kristen Bell worked with him in The Good Place, and I think she, like, talked about how amazing he was. I think everybody loves him. Um, you know, people make mistakes. Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, I used to think were great. And I feel like the more they talk, the more I'm like, shut up. I liked yeah. you better when you didn't say anything. Like when Sometimes you just acted. They they get a little almost like two toward Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are another two that I was like, you were great until you started saying so much. Stop it. Yeah, like yeah. if 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 these people didn't talk, I would like them so much more. Um there's yeah, two people who are actively talking and putting it out to the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're here. Uh, we're here making people listen to us talk all the time. Okay. So anyway, I thought Whoopi Goldberg fell in love with the computer. I thought that Ted Danson was involved. I also thought it was like, this is one of those things where I, I don't know if I have a memory of watching it as a kid or if I have a memory of having the memory, you know what I mean? Like it's gone now, but it's kind of lived in my consciousness for so long. And I mean, I remember when I was making a Facebook in what was it early high school mm -hmm. and it asks you what your favorite movies are. I wrote jump and Jack flash. Like I just, I had never seen it again, but in my mind I was like, Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. And it was literally like watching it for the first time today. I think that's so interesting. You never like tracked it down enough. Like if you thought you no. liked it so much, you never tracked it down. No. Nope. Oh. And you know what? Can I be honest with you? I'm not positive that it was the best decision I ever made. <laughs> is it so, still, we'll would it still be in your Facebook favorite movies? Oh, well, that's why we're here. No, that is why we're here. Do you want to yeah. hear some taglines? Yeah. A man called Jack has got her jumping and the world may never be the same. Uh, no, I think the world will absolutely be the same. Yeah, the world is mostly unaffected. Yeah. Her office will never be the same. Yeah, that office was obliterated. That office but is other fucked. than that, everything else is the same. The next three are all very generic. An adventure in comedy. Shut up. It is a comedy with some adventure stuff, I guess. Sure. A dangerously funny movie. I, that I don't necessarily agree with. And this one was for the Halloween week release. She's jumping right out of the pumpkin. <laughs> that is dumb. All of those are dumb. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, Dill, it's been a long day. I'm leaving for Miami tomorrow night, but I have to pack tonight. I ha I've basically shoved seven days worth of work into two and a half days. I'm up at four o'clock tomorrow morning. I have to work all the way up until I go to the airport. My brain is fried. I have nothing left. Can you please give a little bit more context into what this movie is about? I just, I, into like my brain can't. Well, hopefully Jump and Jack Flash brightened your day, but we'll find out more about that. So I, I watched it on Sunday. I don't know why I said today. I meant like uh, the current era. So Whoopi plays Terry Doolittle. Terry is kind of the fixer around her office. She's the person who everyone goes to because she knows the most about everything. But and she's very eccentric. And if she weren't so smart, she'd be fired for all like the bullshit she does. Yes. Her boss literally says to her, 
if you weren't such an exceptional employee, you wouldn't be working here. Which, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Um, it just feels like after that, it really is just one of those movies where you're like, hijinks and Sue. Because she gets contacted from the computer, which there's not really an explanation of like why it's her that's contacted. It feels like it's just he reached out to someone. Or is there an explanation that I'm forgetting? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's just she's fortunately or unfortunately on the other end from Jumpin' Jack Flash, like the Rolling Stones song, who needs her help. And... Well, and we should also, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we should also say that she is she is able to communicate with other bank people when she does transactions. So you're really supposed to just say like received or trans end, you know, whatever, end trans, like ending the transaction. But she will go ahead and type to them and like knows their families and knows their gossip and like has relationships with people in China and, and you know, other banks all over the place. And so it's not unusual for her to communicate with other people. It's just unusual that this is has nothing to do with any kind of current transaction. Yeah, and we find out that like he's been monitoring, monitoring her messages because he knows about like the Yankee pot roast recipe she was sending but basically he's trapped in Eastern Europe he's a spy and he needs her to get a message to the British consulate after she can crack a code to be able to speak to him in a secure transmission um, Whoopi cracks the code they start speaking and you know she goes to the British consulate the British consulate asks like they don't know her um, after a while she finally finds a way to get through to different people to sort of find out more of the truth that he works for British intelligence. She ends up dealing with people from the CIA. Um, by the end of it, she's been stuck with truth serum at one point, And then she's in a phone booth trying to call for help. And she's the, I believe it's the CIA or is it the CIA or is it the KGB that's trying to kidnap her? I don't remember. I don't remember either because they don't like, they're not like, they don't really care which one it is. They're like, it's not Jack. It's other people who are trying to stop her. It's the bad guys. Yeah. Yes. So she's in a phone booth. The phone booth is ripped out by a tow truck and dragged across, you know, New York city streets. Um, and by the end of it, she says to Jack, you know, she gets Jack the message to make him securely able to exit. And Jack agrees to meet her for dinner so they can finally meet face to face and he can thank her. Jack blows her off, which I was like, what? I was fed yeah. up by this. That's too much opinion, Dylan. You'll get back to it later. And then we see the next day she's at work again. She's upset that she didn't hear from Jack. And Jack says something that lets her know he's there. Like he saw her drop her glasses or whatever it was. It's not her glasses because I don't think she wears glasses, but whatever. Um, and he's there in the office. They leave together. His identity has been exposed to the entire office as a British intelligence agent. That doesn't really matter. It's a nice ending. Yeah. 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 So she does sort of fall in love with him over the course of this experience. Well, it's very, it's very, you've got mail. Yeah. Yeah. They fall in love without seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You really, you really spared me. <laughs> Should we get to opinions, Gab? Yes. Okay. In this critic's opinion. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. Well, I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. All right, so my first opinion is that I would have liked it better if it were my version <laughs> where she falls in love with the computer. Um, I didn't... Touch my USB ports. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I, I, to me, it got a little muddy in the like, who's chasing her and who, which bad guy is this and why can't she, like, some of the semantics got a little bit messy for me. Um, but I did find that there were a couple of like laugh out loud moments, one of them being when she's in the phone booth. The phone booth wasn't a laugh out loud moment, but it was one of those moments where I was like, "Ooh, this is cool. Like you did not need to do this movie. And I, I find it really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do feel the same way that it's like, there's a lot going on in this movie that you did not explain well to me. And you didn't seem to care to like, she, she meets up with one of the agents at first who's supposed to help be able to help get um, jumping Jack flash out of wherever he is. Mr. Van meter and Van meter is played by the evil Dr. Nichols from the fugitive. So I was like, Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Um, he is pretty quickly killed to show her like the stakes are real type thing. But I don't think, do we see who killed him and do we really know why? I don't think so. And also like then he's the one that gets shot and is floating in the river, right? Mm -hmm. And then she goes to the police and is like, there's a body in the river. And they're like, okay, crazy lady. And like they don't ever really investigate. And I'm like, that feels not real. That was actually a moment I really liked, I think. I didn't like that specifically because it feels like at least be like, there's bodies in the river every day. This is New York type of thing. Like at least do something like that. It's weird to just be like, I don't believe you. But I did like, uh, she goes to the pier to meet Van Meter and then she's telling them what happened. And the cop accuses her of being a, a prostitute. And she goes, every time you see a black woman, there has to be a pimp or a John. What do you think? There's a lot of work down on the pier for hookers. You think I'm giving blowjobs down there to goldfish? Yeah. That's pretty funny. That made me laugh. That was a good one. Um, yeah, the, the movie really lives or dies on how much you like Whoopi Goldberg because I'm going to tell you a yeah. lot of people who are in the cast later, but this is pretty much exclusively a Whoopi Goldberg movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I did think like young Whoopi Goldberg was almost like shocking to me because it's like, obviously, you know what Whoopi Goldberg looks like, but I don't think I've ever seen, besides the first time I saw this movie, I don't think I've ever seen her this young. Like I was like, oh my God. I think the earliest Whoopi Goldberg thing I'd ever seen before this was probably Sister Act. I've never seen that, but yeah. It's solid. It's it's very much like this, where, you know, Whoopi's being Whoopi and then hijinks ensue. I'd say yeah, Sister yeah, Act yeah. is probably a little better written than this, but this gives, you know, like, it feels like Whoopi is more just riffing in this movie at times, which works. Yeah, yeah. Did she start as a comedian? I think so. She started as a stand-up comic, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Because it, it does feel very ad libby, um, especially moments like that where she's just ranting and you kind of almost feel like it goes on a little bit too long because she's like, she hasn't gotten the best part out yet, but it's like hard to cut. So they just kind of leave in some of the fluff until she hits like, that's the button, you know? Yeah. Um, it's usually, it's never, the movie's not very long. So it's never like, I was like, oh my God, this scene just needs to end. But there were a lot of times where I was like, this isn't really funny, but yeah, I found myself liking Whoopi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know why um, I'm on a first name basis with Whoopi that I'm not calling uh, her Whoopi Goldberg, but. Well, she, there's only one Whoopi. That's true. It's not like I was like Tom, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, you know right, what right, I'm talking yeah. about when I say Whoopi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big difference. Um, I, John Lovitz. There's a scene. And this, this was not as much to do with the movie as it was with Corey, but John Lovitz plays the person that you and I are trying to describe who 
is maybe uh, the KGB or maybe no you're thinking um, of Jim Belushi oh no 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 I'm sorry I am thinking of John Lovitz uh maybe I am thinking of Jim Belushi I don't remember John Lovitz is her co-worker Jim Belushi is the guy who tries to kill her Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I am thinking of Jim Belushi. I apologize. And I'm thinking of when he is disguised as the police officer and he is chasing down the phone booth that's being dragged and she winds up closing his arm in the window of the car. Like she's in the car. He reaches in through the window. She closes the window on his arm and gets out and then the car starts rolling and he has to run holding the steering wheel with just his arm in the car. And Corey looked at me and went, watch your fingers. (laughs) <laughs> he's in the movie too he is he's the cop watch your fingers yeah it's gary marshall penny marshall's brother shut up did you know that court he can't hear you he can't hear you um <laughs> that is so funny i had no idea but okay. i did see gary marshall and i thought oh that's interesting like the director of the Lindsay lohan movie i love don't hit me with fish. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hit me with fish. Is it, tell me that line hasn't stuck with you and will not stuck with you forever. Only because forever. I'm talking to you every week, Gab. I don't think like <laughs> if, if I watched that movie by myself, I would never to another person say it. But it's like, uh, you know what? I'm going to say it to you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. A couple of other of other things that I liked about this movie. Um, Whoopi. We we there's a scene where she is wearing a sequin dress. She's at a ball. It's like the Queen's Ball or something at the British consulate. And she actually dresses, I want to say, like Tina Turner. I think at first it's supposed to look like Diana Ross. And after she's through the paper shredder, it's supposed to look like Tina Turner. I got it. Okay. So she she walks in either way and she's like, oh, I'm the entertainment. So she's like a Diana Ross um, like impersonator. impersonator. Yeah, thank you. And I almost said karaoke star (laughs) impersonator, (laughs) which, by the way, she I thought it was a really, really cool choice that she's wearing a dress that has a little tape recorder glued to the side so she can play the music and lip sync to it as if she is the entertainment for the evening and um, as an impersonator. And she clearly doesn't know the words to the song. Like she has like a close understanding of the words, but she's she's lip syncing them like a little delayed and a little inaccurately. And I thought that was such a cool decision to be like, you sort you mostly know the words instead of just having her do it well. Now that you have me thinking about it a lot though, I wonder how on purpose that is, or if her timing just didn't match up with them putting the music in after the fact. Oh, that's interesting. See, I thought how awesome that she like only had this dress. She only had this tape. It was like, this is this is the best I can do um, to to kind of piece it all together. And I'm not great at this. Um, I'm trying to think of another moment I that like stood out to me there. I do really like she has to sneak into a hairdresser to get information from like Lady Sarah, I think her name is or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's a security mm-hmm. guard for some reason in the salon and he tries to stop her and she's been hit with truth serum. She's gone through a lot already and she grabs hold of him and says, this is the face of a woman on the edge, Earl. I know my, and, oh wait, it's Earl whose response and he goes, I know my wife's got the same face. <laughs> and he goes, she says, you have to make a decision. Do you want to work here or do you want to live? <laughs> And that was it's pretty so good. good. The yeah. other moment that like it wasn't that it was so funny. It was just it like stood out to me because it was so out of nowhere where this movie turned into Carrot Top for a second. Um, <laughs> Marty, I think, is at her door 
which Marty is, he's the new coworker after her coworker goes on like maternity leave. Cause she's super pregnant. Um, and Marty is filling in as the replacement who spoiler, spoiler, we find out at the end, he's actually been another secret agent, which has he been there to make sure she's safe after this all started? But he, I guess he gets there right after it starts with the messages. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Marie shows up and she pulls out like from behind a cupboard, a giant toothbrush, not like, yes. not like a slightly oversized toothbrush. Like it's like a four foot tall toothbrush that it's like, where did this come from? What? Yeah. 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 Like, that did it make made me, me laugh. laugh at the absurdity of it. I did like that. She, everything about her was quirky from her apartment to her wardrobe, to the things that she says, like it felt very authentic because it wasn't like, oh, here's Whoopi Goldberg, like being Whoopi, but as a normal person. And it didn't feel like here's this quirky character who looks and sounds normal. Like it was everything about her was like totally crazy where you're like, yeah, it's a good thing you're smart because if you weren't smart, you would not have you would not be able to hold a job. Yeah. And I I did find the wardrobe really cool. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think what else I got here. I'm like, Aretha Franklin does a cover of Jumpin' Jack Flash at the end, Ooh, which is very cool. Isn't it so good? It is. And I don't think I'd ever heard it before. Me neither. But it played and I was like, I love this. And Whoopi does a pretty good Mick Jagger impression at the beginning when she's trying to decipher the clues are in the song Jumpin' Jack Flash that she needs to figure out. Um, Yeah, she does a pretty good Mick. Yeah. I liked it. And I liked I liked that scene where she's like, come on, Mick, speak English. Like, that really made yeah. me laugh. And she's trying to figure out she's naming a bunch of Mick Jagger's former girlfriends to try and figure out who could what could the clue be? Um, yeah. Which what does the clue end up being? It ends up being B, B, B flat. B flat. B flat. You're right. Is the, it's, the key. It's the key of the song. Because it's the key yeah. of the song, which I never would have figured out. But I'm glad she did. Well, she she winds up having the sheet music. Does she? Because I remember yeah. her writing down the lyrics. I don't remember her having the sheet music. I don't remember if she goes to like the library and finds the sheet music or if she just happens to have it in her apartment. But she does open the sheet music and says, oh, because I think he kept saying like the key is the key or something like that. You know what I mean? Or like it's in the or it's the key. Well, no, I don't she know. says the key is the key when she gets it with the truth serum and the guy's going, what's the key? Because he's trying to figure out Jack's encryption or whatever. And she goes, the key is yeah. the key. And he's right, very right, confused. Right, right. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't have much more to opinion, you know, to rant on about this movie. Either. I don't have any hot takes on Jumpin' Jack Flash. Me neither. But I, I'll tell you what, I'm really excited to hear your verdict. So let's get through the facts. I want the truth! Face the facts, dokes. Facts have no place with an organized religion. On IMDb, this got a 5.9 out of 10. On the Rotten Tomatoes Tomato Meter, it has a 30% with an average rating of 4.0 out of 10, 7 fresh reviews, and 16 run. An audience wow. score of 58%, which that's a pretty big discrepancy. Yeah. With an average score of 3.5 out of 5. It had a budget of $18 million. It grossed $30 million, so, you know, not terrible. Yeah. Um, reviews, uh, let's see, we got Roger Ebert gave it two stars. Whoopi Goldberg is the only original or interesting thing about Jumpin' Jack Flash, and she tries, but she's not enough. Mm. Paul Atanasio from the Washington Post. It took four screenwriters, let's leave them with Mercy Anonymous, to come up with a story that has no real character, conflict, and director Penny Marshall in her debut doesn't help them any. Mm. Shelley Maines from Sojourner. Goldberg and director Penny Marshall 
have managed to inject a female sensibility into the film, cramming it full of fun, insightful details. And what other what other uh, you're going to talk about it. Okay, Alex Sandell from Juicy Cerebellum. Good concept. Horrible movie. Juicy Cerebellum. I'm going to describe somebody as that. That's what Rotten Tomatoes said. Okay. Um, I actually I don't have like a ton of fun facts. I was looking through Letterboxd and there were some funny reviews. So I'm going to read those to you super fast. Okay. Patrick Sullivan. Costume designer Susan Becker from The Lost Boys, True Romance, and St. Elmo's Fire put her entire Jumpin' Jack Flissy into this. Needless to say, she absolutely freaked it. Um, Rob Patrick, my friend said I would love this. My friend no longer is allowed to suggest things to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jin Jan, where can I buy a giant toothbrush to help me fight off my enemies? (laughs) Gil, Whoopi Goldberg is a menace to society tripping on acid all over New York City. (laughs) <laughs> that is true <laughs> Kane you got mail who this is all I need hmm. and last letterboxed one horned grandma it's like being at a party where everyone is doing cocaine except for you <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's funny uh, the movie was directed by Penny Marshall who also directed Big A League of Their Own and Renaissance Man that's so crazy so I was going to ask you what else has Penny Marshall directed because obviously that name is familiar but I couldn't put my finger on it but those are like home runs yeah and i'd say those are her three biggest but she acted a lot as well mm-hmm. okay and gary markle is her brother yes and who who are their parents that these nepo babies had so many jobs mr and mrs marshall wow amazing mm. the screenplay was by david franzoni charles shire nancy myers and chris thompson who also wrote gladiator amistad the parent trap father of the bride one and two and Smokey and the bandit wow it stars Whoopi Goldberg, who you may or may not remember from The Little Rascals, Theodore Rex, and The Page Master, which she you plays. You know what's funny? Mm. Oh, sorry. Finish your, finish your sentence. No, what's funny, Cab? How is it funny? I just, you feel, I feel like you don't know Whoopi Goldberg from really anything besides her being Whoopi Goldberg. Like, Whoopi Goldberg never had, I guess, Sister Act was like her. Well, she was on Star Trek for a while, too, I think. Star Trek? No. Yeah, she was on Star Trek The the Next Generation, I think it is. The one with do Patrick Stewart. Think, do you think she never had eyebrows? Or do you think that was a decision that she made and stuck with? I don't know. I've never, I'm going to be honest. I've never realized she doesn't have eyebrows. Are you kidding? What is the matter with you? Google this immediately. Are you I've are never you thought joking? about her eyebrows. Look, that's like, she's famous for that. <laughs> what do you mean? That's her thing? Yes. <laughs> Entertainment Tonight. Whoopi Goldberg explains why she doesn't have eyebrows. <laughs> if you if you write in, why does it WHO? The first thing that comes up is Whoopi Goldberg have eyebrows. One of the first things that says is, if you never noticed that Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows, don't feel bad. Even those working closely with her have never realized it. <laughs> That's not true. Ready? Goldberg proceeded to detail what happened to her eyebrows. I had eyebrows as a little kid. And you know how men get those bumps? I started to get them on my face. So my mother removed them. And so I just keep doing it because I don't know my face with eyebrows unless I'm working. That's so weird. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like it'd be weird now to see her with eyebrows. So I know. I'm, I'm glad she does not have them. No eyebrows. And you know what? It was a little alarming when she was dressed up as um tina turner when she's got the wig on and all this makeup but no eyebrows. <laughs> i never thought about it 
I li- I'm so disappointed in you. You didn't know about Ted Danson and blackface and you didn't know about Whoopi Goldberg not having eyebrows. Like, what else do you not know? I know. I feel like I know a lot of pop culture. Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg are probably two of my weaker spots. OK, yeah, <laughs> apparently. I'm shocked. All right. Keep going. Uh, Stephen Collins from the First Wives Club as Marty, uh, Seventh Heaven and that episode of Law and Order SVU where he's the coffee magnate and his son gets killed right at the end. Uh, Corey identified him as the guy from Seventh Heaven immediately. That's that's what he's most known for. That and like pedophilia. <laughs> pedophilia? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Pedophilia. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's yeah. no good now. You're not going to see him in anything coming soon. That, that's what I <laughs> right. Say. Yeah. Yeah. He's done. Oh, he gone. <laughs> um, John Wood as the consulate guy whose name I can't remember from War Games, Lady Hawk, and Chocolat. Okay. And Carol Kane was one of the co-workers, the one who keeps sleeping with men. <laughs> I should have written. I didn't <laughs> yeah. write down the names. Um, Carol you Kane. Know, I was like, where do I know her from? A- everything. The things I wrote down, like the things that come to my mind are Adam's Family Values. When a Stranger Calls. I, but you're not a horror person, so you don't know that movie. Um, no. And I did not know she was Bo Peep in all the Toy Story movies. Oh, I didn't know that either. Also, yeah. why did you say it like that? <laughs> what? All the Toy Story movies. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, why do you do that? East Broadway. <laughs> like, say things normal. Um, this is how I talk, okay? Oh, it's got me this it. far. I hate it. Um, she's also from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Did you see that? Did you watch that? I watched, like, the first season, and I hated it. <laughs> okay. You didn't like Pinot Noir, Midsize Car, Pinot Noir, Candy Bar, Pinot Noir. You know, you don't know. Okay. I um, I blocked that out of my mind very quick because you know what? It wasn't that funny. I know. It really did make me laugh, but that was, I mean, that was a long time ago. Um, it's one of those I, shows where it reminds me of Shit's Creek that it's very uplifting and everything's very nice. But at the end of the day, I'm like, it's not that funny. Although I like I Shit's Creek a lot way. more. I did not care for Shit's Creek. I just, I, I was like, this is, this is like comedy light. This is I like will... this would be great if it were like on public television. You know what I mean? But I like Shit's Creek. Uh, we... <laughs> I wouldn't kick it out of bed if it was eating crackers, but it's not for me. You know what I mean? Did you just make that phrase up? No, I don't remember where I got it from. But <laughs> that is. It is not at all where I thought the sentence was going. It was like, oh, yeah, of course. And then what? Um, yeah, okay. we kick it out of bed for eating crackers. It's OK. It's fine. Like, if it was on TV, I wouldn't necessarily change the channel unless I knew something else really good was on. Okay. Yeah. I much prefer The Office if we're going to talk about, like... Oh, obviously. 30-minute, 30 30 minute, you know, binge-watch-worthy shows. Yes. Um. Okay, so anyway, that's not why we're here. Um. Yeah. Uh. Also, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen with Lindsay Lohan. Never seen it. Yeah, it's a good one. I won't make you watch it because I know it's bad, but... Okay. <laughs> Um, the movie also has, I'm, I'm going to shorten these up, Roscoe Lee Brown, uh, John Lovitz, Phil Hartman. Um, you have cameos from Michael McKean and Tracy Allman as the couple that Terry takes the yeah. date at the ball. Michael McKean. Corey was like, that's the guy from Best in Show. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't know why I feel the need to point this one out, but Miguel Nunez as one of the street toughs who... You may remember him as Juana Man, but I also just always think of him from Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, as the character Demon, who can't stop shitting because of those damn enchiladas and gets killed by Jason when he's in the outhouse. Hmm. hmm. Sounds like a movie I would enjoy. 
It also has Annie Potts, and I think that's everyone. Let's get to the fun facts. Okay. Uh, Penny Marshall's first film she ever directed. Oh, such a fun fact. <laughs> Are you having fun yet? Um, the original version of the script was supposed to have Shelley Long from Cheers as the star. Oh, interesting. Connects back to Ted Dancy. Weird, yeah, strange led to a left turn. Yeah. The original title was Knock Knock. Wow. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, that's, how, that's what he types on the computer. And another alternate title was Sweet Dreams. That one I don't love, but okay. Yeah. The phone booth sequence was part of a reshoot in Los Angeles. Jim Belushi, whose character was originally set to appear in two scenes and die in a car accident in the second was brought back, covered in bandages, to explain how he escaped at death, which, it's an R-rated movie. We don't need to see him again. I was never worried about Jim Belushi yeah. dying. Yeah, same. It's also, though, I did find myself thinking, this didn't need to be R-rated. Like, she's throwing out, you know, motherfuckers or whatever, and I'm like, if you cut down the curses, there's nothing really, like, it's not a very violent movie or anything like that. I agree. I felt like the cursing was a little gratuitous, and I would have been just as happy if she did like it almost felt out of place like holy shit did she just drop an f-bomb you know yeah sometimes it felt like she was just trying to think of something and just used a curse word as a filler word you know what i mean yes yep yep absolutely burt reynolds was originally slated to direct the movie but left after a falling out with producer joel silver burt reynolds Which... directed shit uh, yeah i didn't really know that do you want to know why they had a falling out i do he slept with his wife no <laughs> No, this wasn't a trivia question for you to guess. Oh. <laughs> that was um, just. Burt Reynolds had lost a bunch of weight because he was suffering from a rare disease called TMJ, which I did not find out what it stands for. Uh, TMJ, it caused... that's that's. Wait, I know what TMJ is. That's when you're you're clench your jaw and you have like, you like uh, you'll like you have damage to your teeth and your jaw from clenching. Really? Look it up, bitch. Yeah, my mom has it. Temporomandibular joint dysfunction. Yeah. Haha. The joint acts like a sliding hinge connecting your jawbone to your skull. Dysfunction can lead to pain and discomfort. But apparently he lost a bunch of weight due to dealing with that and he was under 140 pounds and apparently Joel Silver believed a rumor that Burt Reynolds had AIDS and would not, you know, it led to them having a falling out. Yeah, god forbid. You you know, you can't talk to people with AIDS still and you you can get it through the air like COVID and yeah, toilet that's, seats. That's clearly very 80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you normally don't see that on those I love the 80s or that's so 80s shows. Yeah, that's true. They don't they don't talk about that much. The nostalgia. I wonder why. It's not it's it seems like a fun subject. Yeah. Uh moving on. The apartment decor gives us clues to Terry's obsession with romance and adventure, with posters scattered around for films like Metropolis, The Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, and Kiss of the Spider Woman. Sure. Uh Gary Marshall cameos as the policeman, and Penny Marshall's daughter. Tracy Reiner is the boss's assistant. Oh, cute. And obviously she has the last name Reiner because it was Penny Marshall and Rob Reiner's daughter. Mm, Rob Which, Reiner, boy, where would... do I know him from? He's a major director of like This is Spinal Tap, The Princess Bride. Yes. We yes, did yes, one we of his movies very recently and I'm like, which yeah, movie was it? Yeah. North. Yeah. Yeah. Which you would think with all that nepotism power, she'd be she'd be a big name. But maybe she maybe she doesn't work in film. Yeah, maybe she said fuck yeah. it. And according to Whoopi Goldberg, at one point, 18 writers had worked on the script. Yikes. Which, it makes sense, because it's not, like, the script ain't great. It's not cohesive yeah. in, in a great way, yeah. Yeah, the script's not that great, but you know what it is great? Our mail segment. And also me. 
mail time! When you control the mail, you control information! Mom asked me to ask you if there's any mail for us here by mistake. What? A few comments and a few, uh, well, no. I was going to say a few emails. That's a lie. We have one email, but we have a few comments. So let's yeah, start with the comments. Uh, we have comments on our Leo and Kate Winslet shipping oh, short. Thank God. Rich Davidson said, happy they found each other. But have Who's, they found each other? They found each other, but they're like opposite pulled magnets where they can be next to each other, but they can never touch. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, did he get Oscar nominations were today? Did he get nominated? I don't think so. I have no idea, but I know everybody's upset about Ryan Gosling, which I have thoughts on. They're upset that he did get nominated. They're upset that he got nominated, but Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig did not. See, and I just think having watched that movie, all three of them should have been. That's my feeling. I agree, but I don't think like I feel like we're we're doing a little too much in the taking away from Ryan Gosling. He was amazing. And yes, I understand how ironic that this movie was about the patriarchy and only the man got nominated. But I don't think that I, I think we're just really doing Ryan Gosling's performance a disservice by saying like, oh, of course he was not. It's like, well, he did a really great job. Why can't we be upset that the other two weren't nominated without being like, oh, of course he was not. And that's coming from a feminist. Yeah, I do feel like the moment that nominations were out, I was thinking not, oh, Ryan Gosling shouldn't have been nominated. I was thinking, oh, Greta Gerwig should have been. Um, I don't feel like I saw a lot of the big Oscar nominated movies this year, but it does feel weird. It, it feels like the non-contrarian, like the, not the non-contrarian, the contrarian move to be like Barbie's, Barbie and Oppenheimer are the two biggest movies of the year. Yeah. So it feels weird now that they're like, yeah, Barbie was great, but maybe we're not going to nominate for Best Director. It's like, no, come on. It it deserves the nomination. It reminds me of Avatar being nominated in, what was it, 2009 mm -hmm. for Best Picture and Best Director and like not winning anything. And I'm like, it was the most successful movie of all time at the time now. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of seems weird to be like, yeah, but you know what? The Hurt Locker's better because nothing against the Hurt Locker. I don't think it's nearly as memorable culturally as avatar is yeah. yeah no i agree i agree um yeah i just think that ryan was really good and as much as it is a shame that those other two weren't nominated we can't use that against him um yes the bigger shame on oscar night will be when that billy eilish song wins and not i'm just ken yeah agreed <laughs> fully suzanne koval said they are best friends that love and support each other what is wrong with that I don't they, think we, nothing's wrong they, with that. Nothing is wrong with that. I just think they're perfect for each other. Nothing's wrong with that. Gab just is metaphorically doing that thing where when you're a child and you take two dolls and you smush them together, like they should be doing this though, like kisses. Yeah. But yeah. also, I, this is not a hot take. This is a very universal feeling amongst a lot of people. Apparently not because SG's comment on it was just no. Okay, SG. And Joel Riley's comment was, he's a pimp. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And now we have a couple comments that were on the actual podcast. So first from Lenola Cola. This is not going to make sense to you because it is spoofing a little bit of what Jordan does on the Jump on the Batwagon podcast, but do, 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 do. Welcome to YCN YouTube comment news. And that is as far as I'll go for copying Jordan's bit from Jump on the Batwagon's podcast mail comment section. Hang on, I can still do this. And now over to the music. 
Can you think of a film that John Williams worked where the score wasn't good? Never apologize for picking a potential movie to watch before you die or for loving your fandom. A John Williams movie where the music wasn't good? Indiana Jones. Get the fuck out of here. You could say you didn't I- like the movie, but that music is so iconic. Oh, no, no, no. I thought I I don't. It was the question. The music was bad or the movie was bad. Ooh, oh, God, we were about to throw down. I'm like, you can no, have your opinion lo- about I the mean, movie. But I was like, I but don't you say song. that about the no, music. The music is incredible. Okay. I thought the question was, is there a movie where the uh, where the movie itself was bad, not where the music was bad? Can you think of a film that John Williams worked where the score wasn't good? OK, I apologize. No, okay. is my answer. Yeah, I don't think so either. He got nominated for another Academy Award today for. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which it feels like it's just like, did he do a movie this year? Nominate him. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, he's got to be like, oh, the Oscars again. How boring. He extended two records this year. Both were already his. The record for being the oldest person nominated for an Oscar and the record for most Oscar nominations, because I think he's been nominated for like 54. Wow. Although if you think about it, he's been nominated for 54 and he's only won like six or seven or something like that so if you think about it his success rate is so low yeah he's basically a loser yeah what a loser yeah oh my uh, God. one last comment from scotty cameron i love that we got jordan doing his little musical minute for a movie where john williams has composed the score he has quite a grasp on what makes the scores of films work so well the funny thing about that song game that zach likes to play is that back in high school i made a playlist of songs that were not covers of songs but different songs with the same names so songs like In the End by Linkin Park and In the End by Green Day were on the back-to-back playlist. Hmm. I'm trying to think of, can I think of songs that have the same name? I cannot. That's a hard thing to do on the spot. I'll say this. I had a dream. I took a nap today. You want to hear something crazy? I took a nap today at like 9.30 a.m. Oh my God. And I you wake up too early if you're taking naps at 9.30. I really do. So during my nap, I had a dream about this podcast that we were doing like threaded episodes where it was like, okay, we did Catch Me If You Can starring Leonardo DiCaprio. So the next movie is going to be a different Leonardo DiCaprio movie. And that one had Kate Winslet in it. So after that, we're going to do another Kate Winslet movie. And we basically just kept that thread going until we had to stop and start a new thread. And I actually kind of think that idea is pretty cool. Well, that's literally the movie game we used to play where it was like, name a movie, name mm-hmm. an actor in that movie, yep. name a different movie with that actor, name a different actor in that movie. And like, you just keep going until you can't anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Something to think about. Perhaps. Perhaps. But for now, let's think about this email that we received. Okay. Read okay. it to me. We got an email from James from the Watchtower database. Hi. Hey, Gab and Dylan. I said Gab's name first. Mm-hmm. In the Catch Me If You Can episode, the Rotary Club was brought up and neither of you had heard of it. My grandparents on my mom's side were both in Rotary Club, so I grew up going to occasional meetings. It was pretty boring for a little kid, and I didn't quite understand what was even happening or why, and I still don't really today. (laughs) So it sounds like you know the Rotary Club as well as us. I think they fundraise and donate money to local causes or something like that. The food was good at the meetings. I don't know. I never even made the connection until listening to you guys, but their logo is totally a big Rotary gear. I always just thought it was a random cool design, but then again, I am stupid. (laughs) <laughs> that is so funny uh gab also randomly asked if dylan remembered the pebble and the penguin and he did not so i just like to say i watched it for the first time in college but it was a childhood favorite of my wife's and one of my best friends i didn't care for it and it turned out to be not as good as my wife and friend remembered it being 
which just makes me even more afraid to rewatch We're Back, A Dinosaur Story with John Goodman as a T-Rex because I loved it as a kid, but fear is actually awful. I'm going to try and get Brian to watch it, but who knows how long it'll be until that happens. That feels like it's a Mandela effect. Like, I I don't even remember. I feel like I know that that's a thing, but I don't remember it actually being a thing. The penguin and the pebble or the T-Rex? The T-Rex. Oh, I remember on the Harriet the Spy VHS, there was a preview for a movie about a family of dinosaurs, but it was like the dad, the mom, and it was clearly like humans in big puffy costumes, but they were like a little like animatronic looking and there was like a little baby dinosaur that was in like a half eggshell, but they were like humans. They drove like human cars. Uh, There's a dinosaur TV show like that. I remember. Um, And I remember the show ends with like them about to go extinct. Let me, (laughs) let me, what a fucked up ending that is for your show. Harriet, the spy VHS previews. Oh boy. Wow. If this is the way you find it, I'll be impressed. Oh man. Okay, hold on. There's a okay. Um Oh shit. It literally has it. Hold on, I'm going to read it to you. Rugrats video trailer, Paramount Family Favorites trailer, Magic in the Mirror, I remember that. Paramount feature full screen disclaimer Harry at this by. Um maybe it was Magic in the Mirror foul play that I'm thinking of. Let me google this. I feel like it's the Dinosaur TV show, which I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, hold yeah, on. there's literally a TV this. show called Dinosaurs. Uh, but, and where the people oh. are in like big suits. Hold on. Sorry, the YouTube started playing a song in my ear. Hold on. Um, you got to Google Dinosaurs TV show. Okay, but also this is bringing me. Oh, they were ducks. They were ducks. I'm going to send you this video. You have to look at it live as we do this. I'm texting it to you right now. I'm going to cut it around was this so hard. <laughs> magic in the mirror, foul play, F-O-W-L. And they were they were giant ducks. That's what I'm thinking of. I do remember the dinosaur TV show, but this is the preview that has been. You know, I've thought about this like once a month for years. This? This is taking up space in your brain? Oh, yeah. Wow. I have no memory of this. Yes, you do. You know what movie did come back to me that I'm like, oh, we watched that together. Indian in the Cupboard. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that, how th- that movie would not go well today. But I loved that movie. That, that movie was one of my pop. faves. Omri was the boy's name. I do not Are you seeing I the just, foul play? I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the this? people in the big suits. No. I have no memory of this. And it looks awful. Yeah. I have a little more here from James. Okay. How in the world has Gab never heard the phrase blah, blah, blah to Electro Boogaloo? That's like American Vernacular 101. Minus 12 points for Gabendor. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, Gabendor. Wow. I'm keeping that. Um, uh, if I had a soundboard like James has, I would want that. I would want a recording of James's voice saying that. So I could just hit you with that every time I hate your opinions. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you don't. Um, oh, my God. I We did uh, 125 GHD sit-ups yesterday, which is basically like, imagine like dangling off the back of the couch and touching the floor and having to sit up and touch your feet 125 times. I so can't I even got imagine of, that. It, I got out of bed this morning and I was like, oh, my abs. And Corey went, your gabdominals. <laughs> that's, that's so dumb. That's so dumb that I love it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot today. It's good. Um. Anyway. Um. 
Okay. But to redeem herself, I love y'all's coverage of the jerk because like Gab, my family quotes that movie constantly. Great yes. lines such as, he hates these cans or, and that's all I need, can be yep. heard echoing throughout the halls of the Strucker households on a weekly basis. A very oh, good I love that. classic movie. And I was happy to hear that I make Gab's all time favorite list as well. Did you agree to that? Yes. Okay, the only good. person who did not agree was Pedro. Right, 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 right. I love that movie. <laughs> and he signed off his email. Keep it, James. James. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. P.S. I just finished the Christmas vacation episode, and in the mail segment, some sort of Scotty Cameron type had sent in a video clip of the ending of the first Saw movie and apparently posed as me. I have no idea what that is. I did not make it. Don't blame me for your wasted two minutes. I couldn't even see it, but I can bet whatever you were looking at, I would have edited better had it been me. Take that. <laughs> Quite frankly... He definitely would have. I've seen enough of his stuff. I was like, what did James take 30 seconds to waste my time? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to whoever sent that in now. <laughs> I have mocked your I don't skills. even remember. All right. Um, we're, we're talking about Whoopi. Let's make some Whoopi. Ew. Uh, no, I regret that. Let's let's talk some Whoopi. I regret that. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Ted Danson? <laughs> Help me end this. <laughs> oh, God. Let's go back to Whoopi. That's eyebrows, better. eyebrows. You know, I've been thinking about getting my eyebrows microbladed. Can I tell you, I brought that up to somebody else. I was like, did you know Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows? And they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm spreading that around know? now. No, people people don't think about that. Corey. Uh, sorry, you're not Corey. Dylan. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Apparently not. The only other person I mentioned it to was like, what do you mean Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows? I'm going to text my group chat. Raise your hand if you know. Raise your brows if you know Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have it. Raise your hand if you know Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows. Let's see how many people respond. There's only three people in this group chat besides me, but we'll see. Eugene Levy could give her some. Levy. Levy, Levy, whatever. Always Kendall, I didn't know. Bam. Thumbs down. All right. Now, let's talk about Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, shit. This is still part of the episode? All right. Yep. Let's get to it. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. The guilty will be punished. Sentence to death. <sighs> Gab, since this is your movie, you should go first, right? All right. Well, you know... I struggle with this because I I did have such high hopes because it really did feel like one of my favorite movies. I had such a fondness from, you know, childhood memories of of loving it. Um I'm going to say it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it definitely didn't live up to its expectation and I at some point I like had a hard time paying attention because I was like this is like kind of crazy. Um at the end of the day I like it. I don't think I would turn it off if it were on television and I didn't have anything better to watch, much like you say about Shit's Creek. Would you kick Jumbo Jack Flash out of bed for eating crackers? Oh, I mean, I would kick anybody out of bed for eating crackers. Like <laughs> that is like that is a no go in my. That's a world. deal breaker. Okay. Yeah, that is a that is a big no. So that's hard to say. Um, you know, I I want to like it. I like Whoopi. I think it was fine. But and you're sort of making me think that maybe you liked it more than you did. So part of me is like, I hope that maybe at least you liked it. But I don't think I would be able to, in good conscience, put it on my list. No. 
you know, I, I'm not fucking with you. I did have a, a fun time watching it. And it's, it's interesting because I said to myself at the end, I didn't really laugh at any part of this, but I had a fun time watching it. Like, yeah. it's funny that we ended up talking about Shit's Creek so much and things like that because I enjoyed it the whole time. But as a comedy, is it really funny? No. As like an adventure spy movie, is it thrilling? Not really. Yeah. But it's really just Whoopi Goldberg is really good in the movie. Like you really like Terry. And that really just speaks to Whoopi Goldberg as an actress and as a character that she did mm -hmm. a good job. Yeah. I probably won't it watch would it again. Be, it would be so crazy if for the first time the the person, the host who picked the movie said no and the other host said yes. So what do you have to say for yourself? Um, I, I was kind of right there for a bit where I was like really thinking hard about it. Um, yeah. I'm going to say no, but it's not like, it's not a hard, like, fuck you, no. It's not the worst movie you've ever seen. I would, I, to go back to it, I would not kick this out of bed for eating crackers either. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm satisfied with that. I think I liked it more than you did. I think so. In fairness... I did feel I was let down simply by virtue of the fact that I expected something different. You know what felt really weird to me, too? I probably should have brought this up in opinion time. After she hears his voice on, she goes to his apartment and on his um, voicemail, she hears his voice. And then every time she's talking to him on the computer, you hear him saying what he types. And I was like, I liked it better when you can't hear him because this is weird. Oh, interesting. I liked it was easier to fall to to understand how she fell in love with him when you heard his voice. That's fair. Yeah. Would would you well, be happy if with Jack at the end, or would you be like, yeah, oh, okay? It was really funny because Corey and I both had the same reaction where we were like, oh, that's him. <laughs> like we were like, that's all right. I guess like it was a little bit of like that's the actor they chose, and also like that's the guy she's running off with. But it did make more sense that he would have been interested in Whoopi Goldberg. Like if he were a ten, and she didn't have any eyebrows, <laughs> it would be like this doesn't make any sense. I guess you could but say the film's not very highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jack like has this very eloquent voice and at the end you realize it's oh it's the the guy jonathan price from pirates of the crew god were you okay <laughs> that was so fucking stupid i can't believe you said that um <laughs> damn it i should have come up with that one it's been such a long day dylan um but jonathan price who plays jack and is the voice of jack is from pirates of the caribbean and he was the high sparrow in game of thrones and stuff okay and that's him yeah no it's weird to see him this young what yeah oh my god Corey, if you could hear me come in here <laughs> oh he hears me i'm shook because actually that, that makes him like better looking in context you didn't connect it <laughs> no so you remember how at the end of the movie when Jack is revealed and we both went, oh, <laughs> we were like, that's him. You know who that was? The High Sparrow from Game of Thrones. Oh, his reaction was much more mild than mine. <laughs> which he said, I hated that fucking guy. Which one, the High Sparrow or Jumpin' Jack Flash? The High Sparrow? Yeah. He likes Jumpin' Jack Flash. Would you call it a movie to watch before you die? No, he said no. Like he could live without it. Yeah, I didn't watch <laughs> it with Giselle, and I, 
Like, I am in no rush to be like, you gotta see it. And the fact that I had to, like, go through various internet means to find this movie, I was like, this probably isn't worth that trouble even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you, for Part some reason, me... already have this movie in your hand, you, you can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's if it's of no disruption to your regular life, feel free to watch it. But you're not you don't need to. If you're um, on TBS watching this with your dad, continue. Continue. Yeah. Don't don't you don't walk away yet. Um. Oh, I was gonna say something to you, and I totally forgot what it was. But oh, I was gonna say that I was so unimpressed by this movie that after the long day I had I thought about saying to you it's honestly not even worth doing an episode on like it's fine we can just pretend but then I was like we both suffered through it we should probably talk about it I'm not gonna make you watch it it for nothing yeah yeah it it, it's kind of not worth doing an episode on as well as movies that if you've seen it I feel like you'd be like no it's not a movie watch for you die before you even played the episode and you know what although you know what's really crazy? My All of my classes at this one one gym that I teach at are always curious to know, like, what movie did you watch this week? What movie is coming up? I don't think any of them listen to the podcast, but they just want, like, the brief rundown. <laughs> so I said, oh, it's this really, like, esoteric movie called Jumpin' Jack Flash. And one of my favorite clients goes, I love that movie. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> Apparently, went, that's if that you movie were in the right place at the right time computer. in the 80s. <laughs> I said, "I that's what I remember it being." And the guy was like, "I don't really remember what it's about, but I know there's a computer." <laughs> oh my god! All right, listen, I have to go. This was great. All right, you can email us at moviestowatchfreedie@gmail.com. Send a voice message at anchor.fm/moviestowatch. Find us on the Hall of Pods podcasting network in the link tree below. Find our link tree below with links to all of our things. You can Venmo Gab in that link even. And uh, oh my god, you can! Yeah, your Venmo's in there. I had no idea my Venmo was in the link tree. Venmo, let's go. Let's we're bringing that back. We're bringing, we're bringing it back. It back. Venmo me. Send Gavin Venmo if you would kick her opinions out of bed for eating crackers. Yes. All right. I think that's it. That was great. Do you have to stop recording or no? I mean, I, I will, but I was just okay. gonna say like bye-bye to the people listening. So oh. bye, people listening. <laughs> oh, okay. Bye. Call the police! You can't miss me. I'm a little black woman in a big silver box. Over the top of the says phone.